0: Welcome to the Speech Source Podcast. My name is Mary Brzeek. And
1: I'm Kim Dillon. We are two pediatric speech-language pathologists with a combined 25 years of experience. We are your source for speech, language,
0: feeding, play, and much more in between. Welcome to Friday Favorites. Today, we are going to be talking about our favorite puzzles. So we've talked about games, we've talked about books, we've talked about toys. As speech pathologists, we absolutely love all of our kid toys and all of our kid <laughs> items. And puzzles are such a great thing to do with your kids. So Kim and I are going to talk about kind of our top picks for puzzles. And we'll we'll each share our favorite one. And there will be links in our show notes and on our Instagram so that you can check those out. But we first wanted to start with talking about choosing them in general. So, say you have a birthday party, say you just want to add to your puzzle collection. What are we looking for when we look at that overwhelming Amazon page and say, okay, what do we choose here? What's worth the price? What is a good value? What is my kid even going to enjoy? So, let's talk about that for a minute. So, Kim, Tell me, what do you look for for
1: puzzles in therapy or with your own kids? Mm -hmm. So if I'm thinking about a certain age group first, so say five and under, one of the big things I look for in puzzles is the little knobs on. So we're looking at wooden puzzles.
0: Mm hmm.
1: We have some that have the big knobs, which is great for your full hand grasp for your little ones. And then as they get a little bit older, the little knob becomes like a finger grasp for thumb and pointer finger. And so this is important because what stage are they at? This, those smaller grasps are great for more fine motor skills. And so not only are you looking at the vocabulary And all of that on the puzzle, but you're working on that skill of getting it into the spot, having to use that more fine motor piece. But if you know it's a one year old, we're not there yet. And so those big knobs are great um, and maybe a bigger space to get the puzzle in. So, vocabulary and brightness of the puzzle, those are always big things that draw me in. But then I really start to look at like the mechanics of how they're going to get it in. What about you? Mm, That's so
0: funny. So in in thinking about this episode, I jotted down some of my notes. I did not even have a motor component on my my notes. So that was (laughs) so good. That's so true, though, is that, yeah, you don't want to frustrate a two-year-old unnecessarily Mm -hmm. by giving them these tiny little pegs. And they're not there yet. They don't know how to twist and turn it. So that's really good. Yeah. So on my little short list that I made about puzzles... The first thing I look for is content and the picture quality. So Mm -hmm. I really, when you look on pages with lots of puzzles or in stores, there's a lot of like caricature, cartoon looking things. And the thing is, that's pretty abstract. That might hold your kids' attention briefly, or that might be what they gravitate to in the store because it's been you know, produced by someone like Disney, who's very good at at designing very brightly colored children's things. But I really look for scenes that look more realistic scenes mm-hmm. or animals or something where I can actually say, yes, that is a pig. It's not purple and super funky shaped and, right. you know, yes. like distorted looking. <laughs> so, um, I look at that. And then quality, too, I feel like is really important in puzzles because that would be very frustrating. I mean, we've all done puzzles that are just kind of flimsy. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating if they don't fit right. Um, so I do think... That that's important is like you're saying yeah. like wooden is very right important.
1: and being able to be used over and over again. I mean that's that's obviously how we use them <laughs> because we're doing yes it. we're using these toys and these items over and over again. And so, it, it quality is important. And I think we have figured out which ones do well. Really, with quality,
0: I really would look when you're looking in on Amazon or something. I would definitely make sure that it's wooden and not cardboard. Because Mm -hmm. that is really where you're going to break down. Or the first time a kid tries to put it in their mouth, it's done. (laughs) And it's mangled. And that'll happen. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Okay. So, Kim, what
1: puzzle did you bring today that is your Friday favorite? So, I chose, I am sticking with um, the animal theme, the farm theme. It's one of my favorites. It's definitely the puzzle I use the most in my therapy sessions. Just working on different animals and that farm theme always seems to be fun and exciting for the kids. And I chose two different puzzles today. They're both animal puzzles, farm animals. But like I talked about earlier, one has the bigger knobs and one has the smaller knob. I decide which one to use based on the age and the ability of the child I'm working with. So the first one is, and they're both Melissa and Doug. I will say I've found that Melissa and Doug puzzles are really great quality. They're usually wooden puzzles and they usually are very durable. I like them. And so the first one is their farm animal jumbo wooden puzzle, and it has the big knobs. So I really like it. It's easy to use. The second one that, um, I use with my older kids or ones that might have that better fine motor grasp is the, um, farm sound ones and so this is fun too because every time you put the piece in it'll make that animal sound so that's definitely really reinforcing but it does have those smaller knobs so they have to be able to pick it up with just fingers not the full hand and then set it in there so it's obviously a puzzle that you can work on labeling with labeling all the different farm animals And it should have a picture that you can match. So they're holding the puzzle piece so you can work on matching. Um, And if they're not at the labeling level yet, you can work on receptive ID. So you could have all the puzzle pieces out there and say, find the cow. Or you can just do two at a time or three at a time and kind of start working on that um, identification piece for the animals. Um. For kind of higher level, you can work on features and functions. So, if you're looking at the horse, what color is the horse? What sound does the horse make? How many legs does the horse have? What is it like to eat? So, you can just go into some more higher level language skills with your older kids. Um, you can even start talking about favorites. You know, what is your favorite farm animal? Why is that your favorite farm animal? So this can definitely move into some conversation. Puzzles seem so simple and easy, and they are, but you can definitely use them to lead into more conversation. Um, They can also lead into songs. So you do your puzzle, and then you sing Old MacDonald, or you sing Old MacDonald, and after each animal, so you sing about the cow, then you have to find the cow piece. So that's a fun way to use it also. Um, And then I also use it with other activities. So if we have um, some vocabulary cards or maybe we have the little play animals, we might match the puzzle pieces with those animals before we put them in. Um, So I really like to use puzzles as part of other activities. And so kind of it's a great thing to have to pull into a theme. And we've actually are going to be doing some language themes on our website and farm animals is one of them. And I just wanted to kind of give an example of how I might use this in a session or how you can use this at home. And so if the theme is farm animals, we might do a farm book to kind of introduce that theme. But the puzzle is a really great close-ended activity. So it's going to have a start and an end if you want to try and complete that whole puzzle. So it's a great kind of start to finish activity to be able to do within that theme. Um, And then again, like I said, singing the song with it and some open-ended activities that you could do with that would be the, a barn with play animals or any kind of just little toys that could bring about imaginative play or open-ended play to kind of reinforce what you just did with the book and the puzzle. And so all of these things are so great to try and do together to reinforce that vocabulary, that theme, that idea. And so that's just, that's one of the my favorite ways to use a puzzle is within a theme activity. Um, And then those farm puzzles are just two of my favorites. Those are great. Well, and I love how you talked about how you
0: use them with other toys and the completion part of it. It's it's part of a whole scheme, like you were saying that that with the farm of toys and puzzles and books, it's just it's part of um, the whole the whole farm theme that's going to be reinforced. That's great, mm-hmm.
1: and I think that's what's great about puzzles is. They can be so easy. And then you move up to, I mean, you can move up to a thousand piece puzzles. They're all completion activities though. And so, but you start off really small, you know, there are big wooden puzzles that have three pieces that you can finish in a minute or two, but it's successful and you did it and you completed a task. And it's a great teaching tool for that idea of completion of task and some of those close ended activities. So that's another reason I love puzzles. Mm-hmm. Well, what I, about you mary yeah so
0: i decided to choose something um i'm i'm trying to choose some some items that are are just different that maybe are not going to come up in your first on your first page mm-hmm. on amazon for example um just to give some variety so I chose puzzle that is by HABA, if I'm saying that right, Mm H-A-B-A, and it is called the My Time of Year with Four Layers puzzle, which is a horrible title. Basically, I call it the Seasons Puzzle. So (laughs) um, it's a Seasons Puzzle, and I love it because there are four puzzles on top of each other within the same wooden puzzle. And they have beautiful scenes. So there's, there's, it's four puzzles in one. So they have spring, summer, fall, and winter. And each puzzle has its own little scene where you can talk about what you do there. So in the summer, they are in a pool. In the winter, they're sledding. There's snow. And then I also really like it because there is a rim around each each of the seasons, that's a different color. So it's 22 pieces in total. That would be too much for most kids at until
1: kind mm-hmm. of later.
0: But because they have that rim around it, I also kind of like to teach it as like a, a strategy. I say, oh, look, there's a clue. Look, look, these, I bet, look, these all have red around it. I bet those go together. Oh, and so good. we can kind of talk about some problem solving and kind of put like when we get dump all the pieces out and then talk about okay let's sort them like wait these are going to go together the greens are going to go together and then we have to figure out okay what's that first puzzle and they get they get progressively a little bit harder so the first season is winter and there are only 4 pieces but the 4 pieces they're not puzzle shaped you know so they're they're kind of curvy Mm-hmm. And they fit in a circle together. And so you really have to look at the scene in order to put the little puzzle together. So I think it's a good advancement of like the peg puzzles, like what you're mm-hmm. saying, um, mm-hmm. for some lo- a little bit older kids. Maybe you're working on actions and they're kind of beyond the the peg puzzles. So this this brand it's made in Germany. They, they say that it's ages three and up. I think three would be a little bit challenging. I would maybe say more like four um, Mm -hmm. would be, you'd be a little more successful doing it together. Um, But yeah, the scenes are great. So then you do, you do the first puzzle and it's four pieces and then you move on to the next one and it's five pieces and then six and then seven. So it gets progressively a little bit harder to put the pieces in. You're just, but again, you can just build with it and really teaching them, oh, look at the picture. Because mm-hmm. really, as we know, kids do look at the picture with with puzzles, but once it starts to get a scene, that's pretty tricky. Right. And a lot of times they're just looking for the fit. So I think it is a good problem solving kind of strategy critical thinking to be able to put them in and I find that it's easier than those puzzles and I'm sure there's a name for them but you know how they're just like wooden blocks and then you fit them all together and yes. try to put the scene together but there's no fit they just kind of like are next to each other mm-hmm. and then make a scene those are pretty frustrating so um I do like this because it still has a border it still has to insert into the right little um outline you know so but it's four little little puzzles stacked on top of each other so it
1: sounds like it kind of has like a an age range but then even the younger kids even if you didn't get to the puzzle part but you were just sorting those colors you could just sort the seasons based on those colors and then they could even just watch you put it together but then i just love that with each season you could just go off into a whole new direction of like, okay, we Mm -hmm. did winter. And then you do a whole, I'm definitely into the themes. You do a whole, theme, and that's all you do like is just winter. Or maybe you do, it's summertime right now. So you do the summer puzzle and then you move into all the different summer vocabulary and different activities that go with summer. So you could do so many different things with that puzzle. It's a good
0: one, like you're saying, to just converse about and, and talk back and forth about what do you we do here in the fall? So it's it's so funny because, you know, seasons are so different based on where you might be in the country or in the world. Mm-hmm. And here in Texas, as most people probably know, fall is not super... Um, it's so not, it's not really has, doesn't have a very prominent spot in our right. seasons of the year. <laughs> and so it is interesting though, because it, it shows this tree with different colored leaves and it talks about them wearing, um, they're already wearing kind of their winter gear of fall <laughs> of hats and, and scarves right? and things. We're like, Oh, that, okay. In Texas, we're still like, we're kind shorts of enjoying the season right? and our shorts still. Yes. Right. But we, but you can talk about that. And what do you think their fall is like? Do you think they are, that is hot there? Like what clues can we look at? What do we wear in the fall? So it, it mm-hmm. is kind of a fun thing to talk about and winter <laughs> sledding, like yeah. we don't really get to mer- build in here, you know? <laughs> I mean, so, it could be
1: snowing here one day and then it's summertime the next. That's how it works
0: here. <laughs> Exactly. So you can kind of make it fun and engaging. And then that's a, that's what makes or breaks puzzles and really just any toy or game in my experience is just having fun with it, going a different mm-hmm. direction and talking and and seeing where it leads. And that's also where the funny comments come in. You know, kids mm-hmm. will point out things in scenes or, you know, in the world that you just don't even think about or in, in books, their little comments are so interesting. So I think it's something where you can kind of, you know, it's, anyways, it's a good puzzle. Get some to of kind that of, language. Yeah. And like, see where their brain is at. Where where mm-hmm. are they thinking about and run with that? You know, maybe they're just looking at the colors, you know, just use it like that. But then maybe a few times later, then you can expand on it. So right. I do love love this puzzle for that reason.
1: Those are some good ideas. And again, we'll have them linked and hope you can check them out and enjoy some of these puzzles at home. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and check out our website, thespeechsource.com. Also check us out on Instagram for more ideas on speech, language, feeding,
0: and play.